0: As Pastor Mark alluded to in the announcements, we talked today about some various Christmas carols. You know, we sing for over a month many of these Christmas carols and have sung them for many years. A lot of times I don't know how much we pause to look at the words and what's behind the words and the people behind those words. Because every person that has written a Christmas carol has their own story, just like we have our own stories, and Christmas carols really became part of the testimonies of these people's faith and the experiences that they had throughout life. So today my hope is that we will look at some of these, look at the backgrounds of some of the people, look at the words that they have penned for us that we sing so often and maybe take a new appreciation away uh, of those words, of what was going on in their life and how they communicated that to you and to me and how we sing those with such joy at this time of year. The first carol that I'd like to look at is It Came Upon a Midnight Clear written by Edmund Hamilton Sears. Now Sears began writing carols in 1834 while he was attending Harvard Divinity School. At the time he wrote this carol, a fellow clergyman had asked him to come up with some words that they could sing that evening for a song. It's interesting as we look at some of these verses, one of the stanzas is pretty much influenced by world events that were taking place. There was a revolution in Europe and they had just ended the Spanish-American War. A lot of this weighed on him, weighed on the fact of war weighing down the world and how It just seemed that only hate was prevailing, much like if you've ever read Longfellow's carol, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day, he brings the same thing out. But the overall theme, the depiction of it came upon a midnight clear is a depiction of people burdened with the woes of sin and strife, but the angel's song of hope and of peace and redemption regarding the Savior still meets us even in the midst of such things. There are some scripture references that were used. Matthew uh, 11, come to me, all you who are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. John 14, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Philippians, do not be anxious about everything, but in every situation. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Well, let's look at the first verse. The first verse is where Sears is really setting up the whole theme. That theme uh, of initiating the good news that the angels brought that day. Talking about what was happening that evening to bring that word of peace to men of goodwill, And showing that the world in solemn stillness lay while that song came out. The second verse, as he goes on, still carries that. But now he begins To bring in that that heavenly music still floats over the world but the world is sad and lonely and that it doesn't hear the sound of the angels because the noise of what we live in so much, so much overpowers that message of peace and its sadness also drowns it out. In the third verse this is where Sears really brings out this idea of what was taking place in the world at his time and the woes of war and the strife that's going on. He says, Yet with the woes of sin and strife, the world has suffered long. Beneath the angels' strain have rolled 2,000 years of wrong. And man at war with man, hears not the love song which they bring. Oh, hush the noise, ye men of strife, and hear the angels sing. So even in our world, we know, uh, watching the news and reading the paper and all the things that are going on, there's still strife in our world, and how this angel's song of hope and peace comes to us. To bring us the message even in the midst of strife. The next verse where he talks about just the severe weight of sin. Of what our lot is in life as human beings without this message. That man's sin can crush him. And he's saying listen people. He's trying to communicate this message to those who will hear this song. Listen to the song of the angels. Listen to what they bring. Rest. Take rest, again, that verse that we talked about in Scripture. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will bring you rest. And he's bringing that out in this verse. And then finally, in the last verse, he takes us forward to the day when Jesus will return and come back. And true peace will reign forever as the days are hastening by. And how we will look forward to that time when the whole world will sing back finally that song. Well, let us sing a few verses of this song, two verses, in fact, the first and the last verse. The next Christmas carol that I'd like to look at is A Little Town of Bethlehem, written by Philip Brooks. Philip Brooks is an interesting man. He was a man of well, well-educated. He had degrees from Harvard, from Columbia, and from Oxford. He was ordained at Virginia Theological Seminary. He founded several charitable institutions in his time to help those after the Civil War, those who were in need and those who were homeless. And he wrote this carol on a time when he was touring the Holy Land and he had spent the evening outside of Bethlehem looking over that scene, looking over the hills where the shepherds would have watched their flocks by night. And he recounts that as he sat there that night on Christmas Eve, Looking at this scene, it was if he could hear once again that angel song coming out over the hillside to those shepherds. So he penned, he began to pen then this song, A Little Town of Bethlehem. Scripture references that he used in this are Romans 4. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justifications, Romans 8. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. And 2 Corinthians nine fifteen. thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. As we look at the first verse, we see that scene painted for us in words by Brooks, where he recounts with vivid pictures that night in Bethlehem for us, the hopes and fears of all the years met in the tonight. In the second verse, as he continues the story, it's interesting that word there, the watch of wondering love. We've talked about that before. The angels wonder at this salvation, wonder at what God has done for us in becoming one of us, becoming human, becoming man. They wonder at the love of God for his creatures, and yet, It is the gift of salvation that Christ came to bring us. And so the morning stars together proclaim that birth and praise to God for that incredible gift of God becoming man. In the next verse, he talks about the silence of that night. And it's almost reminiscent in there, no ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. Of the words of Scripture where Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock depicts that gospel message coming still into the world that it comes not with fire and brightness but it comes with just that simple still smallness that Jesus brings to us at Christmas time in this incredible gift. In the next verse Brooks talks about the Holy Child of Bethlehem descending to us He talks about our daily birth through baptism and that the Lord continues to be with us. Descend to us, we pray, cast out our sin and enter in, be born in us today. And then finishes with that verse, Emmanuel, God with us. How through our baptism, God comes to be with us. Well, let us sing two verses of O Little Town of Bethlehem. Again, the first and the last. The next Christmas Carol we'll look at was written by Charles Wesley, Hark the Herald, Angels Sing. Wesley was a prolific hymn writer, many, many hymns to his credit, some of which are Christ the Lord is risen today, love divine, all love excelling, come thou long expected Jesus, oh for a thousand tongues to sing. Over 150 in his lifetime, he wrote. He had degrees from Westminster School and Oxford, he is the brother of the founder of Methodist denomination, but he remained a member of the Anglican Church and to his death wanted to be buried in the Anglican Churchyard. He came to America in about 1735. In this carol that we sing, Hark the Herald, it is one of those that has such deep theological ideas of the names of Jesus Christ, understanding of the incarnation, the atonement. Very deep theology that Wesley brings out that we're going to look at in some of these verses. Scripture reference for this that he drew from is from Colossians 1, where it talks about the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, being the head of the church and of the body. As we look at that first verse, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Wesley brings out the message that reconciliation has taken place. And the angels are giving glory to God for this reconciliation. That we join the triumph of the skies. That Christ has come to earth to redeem us. In that second verse... Where Wesley reminds us the scripture that in the fullness of time, it says, God sent his son born of a woman. It shows us in this verse the incarnation, veiled in flesh, the Godhead seed. Hail the incarnate deity. And it reminds us that he was like us in every way like that, except for sin. Pleased with man, as man to dwell, that he became our brother to live with us. Jesus, our Emmanuel, again, God with us. And then in the final verse, he begins using the names here. The Prince of Peace. The Son of Righteousness. Risen with healings in his wings. That's an Old Testament song prophesying of the messiah will have healing in his wings he will bring this um, to the people mild he lays his glory by again the incarnation coming through in that born that man no more will die born to raise the sons of earth born to give them second birth he proclaims the gifts that we have been given through christ coming to earth and what we celebrate at christmas time well let us sing this entire hymn all three verses Of Hark the Herald, angels sing. final carol that we're going to look at this morning, As With Gladness, Men of Old, written by William C. Dix. Now, of the other three, Dix was not a clergyman, hadn't been schooled as a clergyman. In fact, he worked in the insurance business. And he wrote most of the songs that he's known for during a time of illness, a time of depression, when he was continued to read the scriptures for strength and consolation. Again, I think reminiscent of many of our own songs maybe none of us are as eloquent as these guys maybe we are but each of us has a story that we have been given by god in our lives with the circumstances and the things that have happened to us where we could tell someone in words of what it means to us to have been saved by this christ child of christmas who came to earth to redeem us Dick's family was literary. His father was a poet and had written some different poems on well-known poets in England. Um, Some of his other hymns that he wrote, so you're familiar with that, "'What Child is This? Alleluia, sing to Jesus, O Thou Eternal Son of God.'" Scripture reference that Dick's used for this is from Hebrews, talking about Christ as the great high priest of that more perfect high priest from the Old Testament and how he had perfected it, how he went through the tabernacle, and how he had shed his own blood to redeem us. Let's look at that first verse. As with gladness, men of old. And here we have the star. Dix begins with the magi following that star being led on their same way, saying, So may we, Lord, be led also to that place to know of the wonders that you have done. In the second verse, he brings out this Old Testament idea of the place of atonement. Um, that here we kneel before this manger bed so that we with willing feet may ever see that mercy seat, they place on the Ark of the Covenant between the cherubim, where the blood was sprinkled on the Day of Atonement to remove the sins of the nation. In the next verse, he talks about... The response to what we have been given in this gift of mercy and forgiveness uh, of the gift that we offer to as those magi who came that day. We offer what has been given for us to the one who has redeemed us. That we too will kneel at that manger and give of ourselves. In the next verse, Holy Jesus every day he views our heavenly home here with words from revelation where christ is the light in the midst of the people they need no sun nor lamp nor star it says in revelation for christ will be their own so we see him using those words here and then in the final verse as he looks forward to our being at home in the heavenly country bright a picture of heaven No created light, it's joy, it's peace, it's crown, the sun which goes not down. Looking forward to the day of being together in heaven with our Lord who came at Christmas to redeem us, where we will dwell forever in his glory and join in that chorus, that hallelujah chorus that the angels sing. Well, let us then also sing. Three verses from this carol, as with gladness, men of old, remembering the gift that we celebrate at this time, remembering each of us having a song to sing about what Christ has done in our lives.